If you've been looking for a comprehensive Bible school curriculum that explores redemptive realities in Jesus Christ grounded in the Word of God, look no further. The goal of this podcast is to spread the life-transforming Word of God throughout the world for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ in what Jesus has accomplished for us through His death, burial, resurrection, and seating at the right hand of God the Father. There's such an untapped potential for Christians to enter into their glorious inheritance in Jesus Christ. Together we will discover what Jesus has done for us by providing such a great salvation and how to appropriate the promises of God in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 31, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Each podcast season will cover one of the books that I have compiled over the years. You can find a complete listing of my Christian education material on my website at www.wordinspire.com. You're welcome to download these ebooks for free in PDF format for your own personal or ministry use. So let's explore these biblical truths and principles together that will absolutely transform our lives. God bless. Welcome to the Word of Life study series. The entrance of His Word gives light. It is important to distinguish between revelation, inspiration, and illumination. Revelation, which may be oral or written, may be defined as an operation of God communicating to humanity truth that otherwise people could not know. Since mankind was created in God's image and endowed with the capacity to know God, It is rational to expect that God would communicate himself and his mind to humanity. Inspiration has to do with the communication of the truth, a supernatural influence exerted on the sacred writers by the Spirit of God, by virtue of which their writings are given divine trustworthiness. In other words, revelation discovers new truth, while inspiration administers the communication of that truth. The Word of God imparts wisdom, giving light spiritual illumination and understanding to the eyes of our heart. God's word makes wise the simple. The Bible is full of light, giving light to the eyes, revealing truth, and bringing forth understanding. The Word of Light and Revelation All that is in the Bible was not directly revealed to humanity. There is much history and many personal observations recorded there. What we are assured of is that the record is true and inspired of God. That means that the writers were guided and influenced in such a way by the Holy Spirit that they were preserved from falling into any kind of error, whether doctrinal, historical, or scientific at the time of the writing. Although all scripture is inspired, this does not put a seal of divine authority on every sentiment expressed, nor does it give divine approval on every act it narrates. Inspiration only guarantees the exactness of the narration of the incident. 1 Corinthians 2.13 This is what we speak, 
not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Truth that has been directly revealed and imparted by God to the mind of the writer, who would not have been able to learn it any other way, is referred to as direct revelation. For example, the Ten Commandments or the creation story. In the Old Testament, the phrase, the Word of God, came 3,808 times. This refers to direct revelation from God, like what the Apostle Paul received in Galatians 1 verse 11. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not something that man made up. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. So let's now talk about revelation knowledge. This natural realm that we know of as contacted by our five physical senses is a product of the spiritual realm, which in turn is contacted by our human spirit. As a result, the natural realm in its laws and operations is very similar in parallel to the spiritual laws that govern the spirit realm. Why else would Jesus, in all his parables, use so many natural, concrete examples to illustrate abstract, unseen spiritual truths, like the parable of the sower, among many? I believe that this was by design and not by accident. God, in his wisdom, made our natural world a reflection of the spiritual world, so it would be easier for us to understand it. In other words, this spiritual world is a visual aid to understand the spiritual world. Romans 1.20 For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what he has made, so that men and women are without excuse. For example, in the natural, we have this big ball of fire in our solar system called the sun. It is a power source for all natural life on this planet of ours. Without it, Earth would be a cold, dark, dead planet. Among many things, there is one essential contribution that the sun makes for this planet, light. Natural light is the key ingredient to photosynthesis in plant growth, which is the foundation to our food supply on this planet. Light also illuminates this planet so we can see all that God has created and come to understand it in all its wonders, color, and marvelous variety. As natural light produces life and illumination, so also the word of God has the same effect upon us for the spiritual realm. God's word is spiritual food, Luke 4.4. It's the bread of life for our spiritual development. It's a revealer of spiritual truth. It's a portal or door into experiencing God's kingdom. Psalms 119 verse 130 in the Amplified. The entrance and unfolding of your words gives light. Their unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. The Bible acts as our spiritual eyes into the unseen realm that is more real than this natural realm. The Bible is the truth that reveals things as they really are. So revelation knowledge is spiritual understanding revealed to the spirit of a person. This spiritual light of God's revelation knowledge is a key ingredient to our development, growth, and spiritual maturity. It's the creative and life-changing power of God that is at work in us who believe. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Psalms 119.130 The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. In this dispensation of grace that we live in today, 
the Holy Spirit has been sent forth to be our teacher, comforter, advocate, counselor, and one called alongside to help. This is what is meant by counselor. In the Greek, it's parakletos. He lives inside us to make Christianity a reality and not a dead religion. John 14, 16, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. One of the main tasks that the Holy Spirit fulfills in the life of the believer is as our teacher or mentor. The Bible calls us disciples, which means disciplined learners of Christ. The Holy Spirit is our master teacher. He takes the truth of God's word and reveals it to our spirit on a personal basis. John 14:26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John 16:13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, but God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, though we understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgment about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. The Apostle Paul was an avenue by which the Holy Spirit spoke through and revealed many of the wonderful truths about redemption that we enjoy in the New Testament. The believer's user manual for this glorious redemption in Christ, Ephesians 3 verse 2, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you, that is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Therefore, his prayer for the saints is that they would come to know, understand, and act upon these redemptive principles in order to appropriate God's amazing grace in their lives. Ignorance of these truths is costly, according to Hosea 4.6. So the obvious first step before acting on revelation truth is to know revelation truth. The source is the Holy Spirit through God's word, and this is something we must ask for, according to Ephesians 1.17. I personally have been praying this prayer regularly over my life, personalizing it by putting my name into it, since I first found out about it in the late 1980s. Since then, God has been so wonderfully pouring into my life the spirit of wisdom and revelation concerning the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Our Inheritance in God's Word 
The Word of God is our blueprint for everything that pertains to life and godliness through His precious promises. 2 Timothy 3.14 But as you know, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Acts 20.32 Now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up, and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. God has made ample provision to meet all the needs of his children. He has given us his written will and testament, the Bible which spells out our inheritance as his sons and daughters. The natural use of the word inheritance infers the death of the father, and his children inherit his estate. Jesus came to earth to bring the kingdom of God into our lives. Matthew 4.17 From that time on, Jesus began to preach, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Luke 17.20 Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come visibly, nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. In the Amplified it says, For behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your hearts, and among you, and surrounding you. John 20 verse 22. And with that, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is within us if we are born again children of God. Jesus paid an eternal price for our redemption, his very own blood. He gave his life to redeem us from the penalty of death. Romans 6.23. His death, burial, and resurrection provided for us eternal salvation. Eternal life is more than the regeneration of the human spirit and having our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Praise God for that. Once Zoe, the life of God, which is the Greek word Zoe, is in our hearts, it begins to affect every area and arena of our existence, spirit, soul, and body. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 4 For in him you have been enriched in every way. 1 Peter 1 verse 18 For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The Father has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. John 17 verse 1 After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. 1 John 5.11 God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now the definition of inheritance, according to Vine's Dictionary, means to possess, to receive as one's own, to obtain. In the New Testament, the idea broadens out to include all spiritual good provided through Christ, and particularly all that is contained in the hope grounded on the promises of God. Birthright, that into the possession of which one enters in virtue of sonship, not because of a price paid or of a task accomplished, that which is received as a gift, in contrast 
with that which is received as the reward of law-keeping. When we were born again, we changed spiritual natures. God became our Father, and we were adopted into His heavenly family as His very own sons and daughters. As a result, we became rightfully legal heirs of God's kingdom in Jesus Christ. 1 John 3.1 How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Romans 8 verse 15 For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings, in order that we may also share in His glory, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Galatians 4.4 But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that you might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. It is so incredible to realize that we are God's children and heirs with Jesus of all things. In Hebrews 2 verse 11 it says, Jesus is not ashamed to call us brothers. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers. Jesus is our elder brother. Romans 8.29 For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So when does our inheritance take effect? Well, right now, because Jesus already died and rose again. The moment you were born again, you became a child of God, and the redemptive work of Christ was supplied and deposited into your spirit. God has given us a deposit or portion of our inheritance to enjoy right now while we live here on the earth. The Word of God explains what belongs to us now in our inheritance, and the rest that will be revealed in heaven in the future. God wants His children to enjoy heaven on earth today, and not to have to wait until we are absent from the body and present with the Lord in heaven. He wants us to enjoy His presence, joy, love, peace, righteousness, holiness, victory, healing, prosperity, and fellowship with the family of God right now on the earth. Praise God, He has given us the earnest of our inheritance a deposit, or a portion, the first fruits, a sample, a taste, an example of heaven in our lives today. Matthew 6 verse 9. This is how you should pray, Jesus said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. But as surely as God is faithful, Our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in Him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So through Him, 
the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So there are thousands of promises in the Bible as the Holy Spirit inspired scripture that we just spoke about says yes for us today in Christ Jesus, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, according to Colossians 2 verse 3, and Acts 17 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. In Jesus Christ, we have all things, can do all things, and are all things in him. So then, no more boasting about men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life and death or the present or the future. All are yours, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. 1 Corinthians 3.21 I like what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. We've read this before, but it bears reading again. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him, who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. James 1.17 Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Jesus said in Matthew 7.11, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Romans 8.31 If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? 1 Timothy 6.17 Put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now the phrase, for life, in 2 Peter 1.3, refers to God's word as a treasure chest that holds his precious promises, that gives us everything that we need for life on this earth. God has made ample provision to give us the abundant life that affects every area and arena of our existence for the believer. Jesus went on to say in Matthew 19.29, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Now the words for godliness in 2 Peter 1.3 refers to the fact that the Lord has made provision for every spiritual need for edification, growth, and development. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter, we see Christ and his body. In Ephesians 4, verse 7, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to mankind. Now the word participate in Second Peter 1, verse 4, is talking about to participate, be partakers, and sharers. In the Greek, it means to associate, have a companionship, fellowship, and partnership in. In what? The divine nature of God. Ephesians 2 verse 6, And God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Do not let the redemptive work of Christ go in vain. 
Do not let what Jesus suffered in the shedding of his blood for us to have not be applied in our lives. Jesus became our redemptive substitute. He suffered the penalty of sin for us so that we wouldn't have to. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. Therefore, do not suffer with things that Jesus already suffered for us in our place. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 19. As the angel told Peter upon his release from prison, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. In Acts 5 verse 20. Let's enter into everything that God has so richly provided for us. Do not settle for only part of the gospel. Embrace all of it. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. Jesus became materially poor to make us rich. Matthew 8.17 and 1 Peter 2.24 Jesus bore our sicknesses and diseases to make us healed. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He became sin so we would receive his righteousness. Philippians 4.13 He became weak to make us strong. Isaiah 53.5 In Romans 15.3 He took our chastisement to give us peace of mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 55 He entered into our defeat to give us his victory. Jesus became what we were so we can become what he is. But some may say that Abraham's blessing and the Old Testament promises belong to the Jews. The word of God plainly states differently. As believers under the new covenant, we have all the old plus the new promises in God's word. Hebrews 8 verse 6 But the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, and it's founded on better promises. Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of not keeping the law of God perfectly in our lives. Please read Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 15 to 68 for a full account of the curse via the work of Satan. The curse follows sin, but Jesus sacrificed for our sins once for all when he offered himself. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood, according to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 27 and chapter 13 verse 12. As stated in Acts 10.38, the curse should not oppress our lives anymore. Jesus redeemed us from sin and lived the perfect life in our place. We are his righteousness. So the blessing of Abraham and of keeping the law, Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 through 14, belongs to us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So through him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Brothers, let us take an example from everyday life. 
Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scripture does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. What I mean is this, the law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on a promise. But God, in his grace, gave it to Abraham through a promise. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. As children of the Most High, ambassadors of Christ, a kingdom of kings and priests, a chosen people, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, as more than conquerors reigning in life through Christ Jesus and led into triumphal procession of victory. 1 John 3, 1, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, Revelation 1, 6, 1 Peter 2, 9, Romans 8, verse 37, chapter 5, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, and 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Let us accept our new identity in Jesus and begin walking in it by his grace. We are no longer sinners lost without God and without hope in this world, nor are we any longer under the control of the devil, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Let's not live like beggars on barely get along street, next to Grumble Alley. Galatians 4, verse 8. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Now that's a good question. In Psalms 35, verse 27. May those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say, The Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. My tongue will speak of your righteousness and your praises all day long. God wants us to enter into rest by mixing his word with faith and enjoy a life that flows with milk and honey. No, it will not drop into our laps automatically like ripe cherries. There are our giants in the land, battles to fight. But if we fight the good fight of faith, we will win every time and eat the good of the land. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1 and 2, and verse 8 through 11. Isaiah 119. We've been talking a lot about the precious promises of God in our inheritance and our redemptive rights and privileges in Jesus. However, we need to discuss the fact that even though these things are positionally ours in Christ, to experience them fully in our lives takes faith, maturity, some trial and error, and development in God's word. No, we do not have to wait until we have been a Christian for 50 years. But don't place unrealistic expectations upon yourself to enter in fully overnight. It does take some time. However, there is no more exciting way to live than to walk by faith in God's word. The process will take us from glory to glory as our mind is renewed with God's word. Soon we will discover, promise by promise, God's inheritance for our lives for this time on earth. 3 John verse 2 in the Amplified Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way, 
and that your body may enjoy good health as you keep well, even as your soul keeps well and prospers. The great deposit of our inheritance was given us through the Holy Spirit when we were born again. The Spirit of God is our paraclete in the Greek, which means one called alongside to help, our helper, our standby, strengthener, teacher, guide, intercessor. He is our down payment from God, his seal of ownership upon our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Romans 8.22 We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly await for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. God has given us the earnest of our inheritance, a down payment or deposit, testifying of the good things to come. Ephesians 1.3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Through Jesus Christ, the Father has qualified, made us worthy, and deserving of his inheritance through identification with Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Hebrews 10.10, and chapter 9, verse 12 and verse 14. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and has brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. The fullness of our inheritance. The fullness of our inheritance does not begin until we are absent from the body and present with the Lord. Philippians 1.21 For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and join the faith. James 2.26 As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Let's now look through scripture and gain a glimpse of what God's inheritance consists of in eternity, referred to the blessed hope. Colossians 1.25 I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, first, we're going to get a glorified body. Philippians 3.20 But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so be like his glorious body. Of course, being in heaven. John chapter 14 verse 1. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, 
Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms or mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me where I am. Then there's the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Then we come to the endless age. Revelation 21 verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son and daughter. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The scriptures reveal that much is awaiting for us when we pass through this life into the eternal realm of God. Our new glorified bodies, heaven, and all that is in store for us in the endless age, this is our blessed hope. As Paul mentioned in Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. 1 Peter 1 verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So where is this inheritance revealed? Of course, God's holy written word has recorded upon its sacred pages every detail of our inheritance on earth and gives us a glimpse of what we will receive in heaven in the future. Acts 20.32 Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Our inheritance is found and imparted through God's word. In Hosea 4.6, it says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. Ignorance of God's word can cost us our life. If not knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior means eternal destruction, then not knowing what belongs to us in Christ means going without in this life. We had discussed earlier about not letting the grace of God go in vain in our lives. Let's search the scriptures and discover our inheritance and appropriate all of it through faith in God's word. Let's not forget God's benefits. His precious promises are like nuggets in a mine of his word, but we have to dig them out through the study and application in order to benefit from them. Working for God means having great benefits on earth and an incredible retirement package in heaven. I love the health plan too. There's none like it on earth where it keeps us from getting sick in the first place. 
Bible knowledge unlocks the door to the blessings of God in our lives. Psalms 103 verse 1. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. A lack of knowledge is like a safe that has priceless treasures in it, but no one knows the combination. Lack of knowledge is like having a million dollars under the floorboards of your living room, but you don't know it's even there. And lack of knowledge is like being on a treasure island without a treasure map to find the hidden bounty. Our only source of truth The Word of God is our only source of revelation and understanding of God and His kingdom. Psalms 119 verse 130 in the Amplified states, The entrance and unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. The Hebrew word for entrance means to disclose, open, open wide, appear, break forth, and draw out. The Hebrew word for light is illumination, lighting, bright clear, daylight, morning sun, and the Hebrew word for understanding is to distinguish, consider, discern, inform, instruct, have intelligence, knowledge, perceive, be prudent, skillful, in regard, teach, think, view, and deal wisely. God's word imparts knowledge and understanding concerning God, ourselves, and the world we live in. Revelation is the unveiling of truth that enriches our lives to know the Lord and walk in His ways. There is no other source of written material that has divine inspiration like the Bible. It is our source for all truth, as Jesus said, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, in John seventeen seventeen. The Bible does not just have truth, it is truth, through and through. Let the word turn the lights on in your life. Clearly, in the natural, we know that there's a big difference between light versus darkness. Our natural sun is an energy source that emits light, which produces life on earth. The absence of light is darkness. The Bible emits God's light, His life, nature, power, and understanding that shines in our hearts and lives and produces life and growth. The absence of God's word is spiritual darkness. That has the same effect on a person who walks in pitch blackness of nighttime in the natural. He or she is blinded by the night and unable to see God's goodness and stumbles along aimlessly. Light speaks of God, His Word, and His kingdom, everything that is good. Light is the source of all life for this world and is the origin of all color. Natural light reveals our world around us. Without it, we would stumble and fall and would be unable to see God's beautiful creation. Even though mankind has devised artificial light to see in the night, it is inferior to the sun. The Son of God, who gives life and light to everyone in the world, light speaks of knowledge, revelation of truth, character, spiritual nature, and lifestyle. It also speaks of a quality of life or state of existence that is beautiful as God intended. John chapter 1 verse 4, In Jesus was life and that life was the light of man. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. 1 John 1.5 This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Ephesians 5.8 For you were once darkness, 
but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Romans 13.12 The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Darkness speaks of Satan's sin, the world system, and everything that is evil. It is the opposite of light. Darkness covers, deceives, and hides the reality of life. It symbolizes ignorance, spiritual blindness, distortion, perversion, and confusion. Such is life for those living in the kingdom of darkness, living in hate and envy, without God and without hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4 But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. 1 John 2.9 Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother or sister is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But whoever hates his brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. There are many more references to light and darkness in the context of spiritual conditions and quality of life, but I think that these scriptures that we just pointed out make that point. We had just read in Psalms 119 verse 130 that the Bible produces light. The more of God's word we have in our lives, the more light shines in us. As a result, more benefits and blessings that are attributed to walking in the light will be made a reality in our lives. Live as a child of the light by walking in the light of his word. The Bible is the light of my life. Satan uses the world system to blind the minds of unbelievers with darkness. The false religions of the world, with their man-made philosophies and godless myths, blind people from the truth, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14 to 22, Colossians 2, verse 6 to 10, and verse 18 to 23, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 20. So if error is darkness, then the truth is light. If error blinds and deceives, then truth reveals and sets people free. Concerning the traditions of men, Jesus says, You have taken away the key to knowledge. In Luke 11.52, Sin is darkness that hardens people's hearts from receiving the light of God's word, according to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 13. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3, And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. Ignorance of the gospel equals darkness and a veil that covers people's hearts. But when the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ shines forth through the preaching and teaching of the word, the veil is lifted and the darkness is gone. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 13 We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Luke 2 verse 28. Simeon took Jesus in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. God's light shines through his word and drives the darkness of ignorance, confusion, and hopelessness out of our lives. 
This light produces life or salvation and freedom that translates us from the authority of darkness and into the kingdom of light of God's dear Son. Colossians 1 verse 12. The entrance of your word gives light in Psalms 119 verse 130. Knowledge of God through his word produces light. What a wonderful treasure to have storing up the knowledge of God in our hearts that we may be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.10 I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 4.6 For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Colossians chapter 2 verse 2 My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Psalms 119 verse 105 Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Psalms 43 verse 3 Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. The word of God is a light that guides our life along the path of eternal life. It is our only source and final authority for all matters that pertain to life and conduct. The Bible will always lead us into the presence of God to receive salvation and all things that pertain to life and godliness. Jesus said in Matthew 7.13, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is that gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. One step out of God's word is one step into the darkness of error and deception. Stay with the word, and do not embrace the philosophies of humanity and the lies of this world. The Bible is our only source to lead us to God and understanding His kingdom. All we need to know about spiritual revelation is found in the Bible. When people start seeking revelations that are beyond the word, they are in dangerous waters. Satan is known to appear as an angel of light, to distort scripture, and provide counterfeit revelation to deceive people from knowing the truth. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 through 3 and 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 through 5. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 it states, Now brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying. Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one person over against another. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. You can also see 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, Revelation chapter 22, verse 18-19. to 19. In Jesus' name, I encourage you all, Stay with the Word of God. Jesus is the Word and the light of the world. His Word is light and truth. According to 1 John chapter 1, we have fellowship with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, 
through the Word. Remember that the light produces the quality of life we experience on earth both naturally and spiritually. More light means more life. Less light means less light and more darkness. John chapter 3 verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done through God. Ephesians 5.13 But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. Psalms 36 verse 8 They feast on the abundance of your house, you give them drink from the river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life, in your light we see light. Psalms 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Get full of God's light by getting full of God's word. Revelation knowledge comes from the Lord through his word. God's word imparts revelation knowledge and insight into the things of God. But we need to search and cry out for it, hunger and thirst for more. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as if for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield for those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just, and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. The word of God is our treasure chest, which reveals the mystery of Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, according to Colossians 2.3. Consider the Bible as the gold mine of God, full of precious gold and rare treasures. Through prayerful study and meditation in the scriptures, the Holy Spirit will lead us to the treasure and write it upon the tablets of our heart. Our lives will be enriched and we will prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers with God's word, according to 3 John verse 2. God has no greater joy than to see his children walk in the truth of his word and enjoy his good and perfect gifts. 3 John verse 4. In 2 Timothy 2.15 it states, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. 2 Corinthians 3.3 You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Through the Holy Spirit and by the word of God, our spirit is enlightened. The word of God imparts wisdom, giving light, spiritual illumination and understanding to the eyes of our heart. God's word makes wise the simple. The Bible is full of light, giving light to the eyes, revealing truth and bringing forth understanding. Psalms 19 verse 7 The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to and enlightening our spiritual eyes. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 
I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into mysteries and secrets, in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light, so you may know and come to understand the hope to which he has called you, and how rich is his inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones, and so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe, as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Wow, a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In John 4 verse 24, Jesus said God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spiritual being and we are spiritual beings, born again into his image and likeness. It then stands to reason that we can only understand him by our spirit as God gives us wisdom and revelation through his word. Hebrews 11.6 states, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Faith is of the heart, not of the head, and we contact and have communion with God through our spirit. That's the real us. Therefore, understanding God and his word is only accomplished through personal revelation by the Holy Spirit. Our puny brains alone cannot comprehend the realm of faith which supersedes the sense realm. Our minds are completely dependent on our five senses to operate. It is easier for a child to receive from God than an educated one, since they don't have a mindset that interferes with and receiving from Him. I'm not suggesting that we throw out our minds. It has an important function in its proper place, like coordinating our bodily functions in the natural realm. However, the moment it intrudes into the spiritual realm and tries to take the place of our spirit to receive from God, it becomes a hindrance and a stumbling block. Let's learn to keep our mind in its own sphere and influence and out of the spiritual realm. The believer who possesses the mind of Christ is the one who has their intellect and submission to their spirit that knows its place and yields its limited capacities to the spirit. The spiritual person is one who lives by their spirit. Their mind is renewed with the word and their body is brought in subjection as a sanctified vessel for holy service. Now the eyes of our heart, flooded with light, it comes by the Holy Spirit. We have just discovered that God's word is light and a lamp for our paths. It's only our spirit that would be flooded with God's light, his laser beam etching word of God on the tablets of our hearts. As mentioned before, our spirit is the eyes to see into the spiritual realm where God lives. Through the eye of faith, we can see God through his word and come to understand the principles of spiritual laws that govern his everlasting kingdom, which operates out of our heart. So that we can also know and understand, which means the Bible is our only true source and guide to lead us into everything we have in Jesus Christ. The word of God is our source for all spiritual knowledge and understanding. In our final episode, we will take a more in-depth look as to the Holy Spirit's role in unveiling the scriptures to us. The Bible is our spiritual compass that leads us into our inheritance in Jesus Christ, the hope to which he has called us, the riches of his inglorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. God bless. 
I highly encourage you to continue listening to the Word of Life Study Series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well. The scriptures encourage us in Acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.